0: Hi, I'm Chrissy. I'm Joss, and you're listening to Breaking the Curtain, the
1: podcast where we interview our theater idols and chat all about the history behind your favorite musicals. So sit back, relax, and, and enjoy, enjoy the, the episode.
2: episode.
3: Welcome to our bonus episode, For Once More with Feeling, featuring special guests from the podcast, Breaking the Curtain. We have Chrissy and Joss. Hello. Hello.
2: Hi. Hi! Hi!
0: You too.
3: Hello, everyone.
0: We're so excited to be here.
4: Hello, ladies. I I was just thinking to myself when car introduced you as Joss, that people are like, they got Joss Whedon. <laughs> Can you imagine?
0: <laughs>
3: no, we got the better Joss.
0: Aww. oh thank you. That's
4: cute. I'm gonna get, put that on a T-shirt. Oh. The better Joss. Better Joss. Better Joss. Um. I don't think we've ever had voices as sweet as yours on here. Can you guys tell us about your podcast, about yourselves? Sure. Joss, do you want to
1: tell everyone a little brief about our podcast?
4: Yeah, actually. It's kind of
0: funny. The day we're recording this actually is our third year podcast anniversary. (gasps)
4: Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Happy anniversary.
0: Thank you very much. So for the last three years, it started during COVID and Chrissy and I were kind of talking back and forth about theater because what else do we talk about and we're talking about how weird it was going to be during a theater shutdown to Mm. be a theater fan and kind of what that meant so one day we were just talking and I think one of us said as a joke like haha we should do a podcast and then somebody was like no wait we should really do a podcast so we did and we've been here ever since and we're we're very lucky that there are people out there in the world who uh also wanted to connect and celebrate theater even when it was totally shut down and here we are today still going strong with uh over 100 episodes and so many wonderful wonderful guests and getting to collab with so many wonderful and interesting people like (laughs) y'all
3: that was pretty much what happened with uh me and Steph. <laughs> Steph was just like, "Yeah, hey, you want to do a Buffy rewatch podcast?" <laughs> she rocked up. She said, "Get in, loser. We're doing a rewatch podcast." <laughs> <laughs> I, was like,
1: yeah. I was like, "Jocelyn, it's either musical theater or true crime," and she was like, "Yeah, no, okay, it's going to be musical theater." And I was like, yeah.
4: "Okay, all right." <laughs> Very different vibes. Imagine if you had combined the two. <laughs> you know Honestly, what? Sometimes we do, we do. every
3: that would October. murders be- in the building.
0: It's really the worst day of my life when we, Chrissy's like, I have a musical-related true crime episode to do. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm not going to sleep for a week. (laughs)
4: Chrissy's the dark one. I
0: I have to admit I am.
2: Yeah, she is.
1: (laughs) We've actually had some crazy experiences. Like, um, There was this, was it vaudeville or this Broadway actress from uh, the 1920s who was murdered and it was... (laughs) this horrible case that we covered on our podcast and her great-granddaughter reached out to us to tell us wow. she loved the episode and we were like
2: oh what wow a
1: crazy <laughs> cool way to connect with people it's so interesting yeah. that is it so was f- cool so yeah. shocking
0: oh my goodness what it's gonna bother me i can't remember her name but yeah that was absolutely Just crazy for the me
3: link and we'll put it in the show notes
0: for sure
3: yeah. sure
2: yeah
0: yeah <laughs>
1: Really interesting one. So
3: so you two are also Canadian, like me and Steph.
4: We, yes, we are. A <laughs> <Ay. laughs> that proves it.
3: And, and you're both involved in musical theater or have been involved in musical theater and hence why you do the podcast. And that's why we decided to bring you on board Prophecy Girls, because uh, as much as Steph loves musicals and I think I've realized I'm in denial that I like musicals. I kind of <laughs> Always said I didn't, but I, I, I think I, I have to come out and admit that really I do. Yes. Um, we're not like experts in it by any means. So we're really happy that we can have you here to talk with us about the musical episode from the perspective of like, how does this fit into the long tradition of this form and this art? Mm.
4: Mm-hmm. Is it good? <laughs> you
2: know? Right,
0: like, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know that's why we're so excited to be here. I mean, musical TV episodes are part of making the art form mainstream, right? And I wouldn't mm-hmm. call us experts by by any stretch of the imagination. We are just lifelong fans who are happy to keep learning. So we're really excited to be here.
3: I'm going to keep calling you experts, and it's my podcast, so.
4: <laughs> so what oh. we say goes. Well, well, I'm I okay mean, with it. Thank
0: you.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. Well has come out as a closeted feet musical theater. <laughs> I fan. just
3: I, I never thought I would enjoy listening to musicals or maybe attending one, but um when I lived in England, I went to a panto. I don't know if you're familiar with what those are.
2: Mm.
3: Um and I really enjoyed it. It was Aladdin and that was a lot of fun. And then I, mm-hmm. you know, I have the, the Buffy soundtrack on my computer. As I, I said on previous episode, I ripped that from a library CD. So I am a criminal. <laughs> Um, yes. And I've got the I have the Wicked soundtrack, and then for like the last several years, I've been listening to a podcast called Off Book: The Improvised Musical Podcast.
1: Yes, Ooh. I've heard of that one.
3: It's so good. Uh, they they just they just finished after 300 episodes doing improvised podcasts, and now they've switched into they're going to do episodes where they chronicle writing a, a an actual scripted musical. Wow, uh, wow, that's but incredible! you can go back and you can listen to the improvised ones and. I'm an improv kid at heart. So I really, I don't know. I think it was the improv that drew me in. And then I'm like, you know what? I really do enjoy these goofy, silly musicals. So Mm
2: -hmm. I
3: think over the past couple of years, I've kind of gone on a little journey (laughs) and realized. Maybe I shouldn't be such a curmudgeon.
2: <laughs> Lighten <laughs> up, Carl. Love.
4: Enjoy it. Love, 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 yeah, I love that. And I, I I've always been a musical theater fan. I love Broadway. I and like every Disney movie is basically a musical. So oh, I yeah. grew up with that stuff. Like it's oh, in yes. my heart. So that's why Once More With Feeling has always been up there as if not my favorite, one of the favorite episodes of Buffy because it just stands out not Mm -hmm. just within Buffy itself but Mm -hmm. I think it stands out amongst all uh musical television episodes because I've seen quite a few of them sometimes they're great sometimes they're just you know (laughs) sometimes they're not good at all (laughs) while we like launch into this conversation I want to bring up really quickly when I was young I used to watch Seventh Heaven (laughs) Um, and they they did a musical episode and (laughs) I remember watching it and being like what the hell is this? Like, what is this (laughs) garbage? And it's really because I was thinking about Once More With Feeling, and that was the bar, right? Yeah, it is the bar. I mean, when you watch something that doesn't meet the bar, you're like, this is garbage, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? 1,000%. Oh,
0: yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree. I was totally the musical theater kid, the Disney kid, everything. So when I first watched Buffy, and they had a musical episode, I was like, yes, this is it. This is how it's supposed to be. And then I went and watched other musical episodes and I was like, oh my God, no one's ever watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This <laughs> is not how it's supposed <laughs> to be.
3: <laughs> so how does this episode stack up for you against other musical episodes? I think oh Buffy God. wasn't the first one. They had one on Ally McBeal, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly from a little bit of research I did, and they had one or two on Xena, Warrior Princess. Right. Um, But I I agree with what we've said so far that Buffy is kind of the most memorable musical episode. Uh, Are there any other ones out there that stand out to you either because they're like Seventh Heaven and they're so terrible or, (laughs) you know, just because they're like, oh, like this one maybe isn't as good as the Buffy one, but they actually did a good job with that.
1: Well, I think, you know, the Buffy episode itself, it knows what it's doing. It's they're not just, you know, bursting into song with no explanation. They tell us, like, what is going on from the start. You know, there's shows like Scrubs and Grey's Anatomy where it's like, was it needed? And yet I do <laughs> love those episodes as well. But yeah, I would say the Buffy episode really, um, it's probably the most accurate in terms of like musical theater for a show that's not based on musical theater or singing of any sort.
0: Yeah. You know, I would agree with Chrissy 100%. Buffy is like the one musical episode that like follows the structure of the mm-hmm. musical. Like when you look at just its format um, and also they're just, they're very open about it. I think if you're going to do a musical episode on a TV show um, that is not a musical TV show, you have to have a certain level of like, we know that this is cheesy. Like you need to kind of embrace it and go with it. And that's something Buffy's always been very good with in the dialogue and not having to be like, not acknowledge the singing or this or that they're like Mm -hmm. yeah it's weird we're all breaking into song this week and it fits with their whole like demon of the week kind of episode layout Mm -hmm. so it actually fits really well and I do like the Grey's Anatomy musical episode but again it's kind of trying to be serious but they're singing how to save a life by the fray and doing surgery it's like there's like you know it's funny it's dark but it's funny you know what I mean so you have to kind of have that Uh, push and pull. And I feel like musical episodes these days are not as great. Do you guys
4: like Riverdale? Yes.
3: (laughs) I've never watched it.
4: (laughs) Okay. But Riverdale's trash. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, Riverdale has has attempted the musical episode. Many times. Like every season, right? Every
0: season. They keep
3: trying it and it just doesn't work.
0: It just keeps getting worse, honestly. Um, (laughs) Is that a little harsh? (laughs) Maybe. But, I watched that and I'm like, I would like to send whoever is writing these musical episodes for Riverdale. I'd like to send them a copy of the Buffy musical episode and be like, take some notes. Come back. (laughs) (laughs) And just think about what you're doing.
3: Do either of you watch Star Trek?
0: No. I used to. Hey, two musical episodes.
3: So Star Trek Strange New Worlds, um, episode nine of their most recent season, uh had the first musical episode of any star trek
2: series (gasps) that's awesome
3: it was it was good it it really like developed character arcs um you know it was the penultimate episode of the season so it kind of like closed a couple of character arcs from that season the cast and the crew were clearly like you were you were saying like very in on the joke in on this is ridiculous Mm -hmm. And so like it was a very entertaining episode. I've seen a lot of reviews of it. They're like, this is the best episode of Star Trek ever. This is the best (laughs) musical episode ever. And I'm like, okay, it wasn't that
2: good. (laughs) Chill, chill, chill. Yeah.
3: I don't know if it I don't know when we lost this ability to like things without declaring them the best thing ever.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
4: I I find that A lot more often, I don't see a full episode being dedicated to a musical. Like, it's ambitious, Mm -hmm. right? Like, what Buffy Mm -hmm. did, what Joss Whedon did with Once More with Feeling, that's ambitious. What Grey's Anatomy did is ambitious. More often, what I see is maybe one song. Like, you know, maybe a character's dreaming Mm -hmm. or um, hallucinating or um, just in a really good mood, and they'll break out into song. Like, this happened on The Boys on the the most recent season where – Uh, Two characters broke out into song. It happens in movies pretty often, like Five Hundred Days of Summer at the end of Forty Year Old Virgin. Sometimes it's just they're feeling so much emotion they just break out into song. And honestly, I love when that happens. It's always a surprising Mm -hmm. moment, and it's always it it feels my like musical theater heart with joy whenever (laughs) I see Mm -hmm. that happening. But that's what makes me wonder, um, and. maybe you guys can answer this. What are some things that musical theater can do for storytelling that is harder to accomplish without music? Because when I bring up these little pockets of musical moments Mm -hmm. in movies or TV, it's usually there to highlight an emotion that's happening Mm -hmm. or, or maybe it's just one way that there's no other way to close out the movie than to break out into song because that's the end. Right. But yeah, I don't know. What do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. I mean, Theater is always this opportunity to express things that can't be spoken in words. There's this beautiful Victor Hugo quote that I love. And it's like, when words fail, music speaks. And that's just 100% true. And I think there's something very human about that factor in music. So what goes on, especially in the Buffy episode, which is so brilliant in how it relates to the genre, is a lot of the characters have secrets, whether they are secrets about actions or if they're secret feelings. And this episode reveals all of them. It reveals them to each other. It reveals them to the audience. And that's why it's such a pivotal moment, not just in the series as a whole, but especially in this specific season. I'm sure all your followers are up to date with where we're at, but like just a little refresh, like you've got Buffy's back from the dead. She's not happy about it. Uh, Willow and Tara are in the middle of this big issue in their relationship with Willow's magic. Giles doesn't know what where he stands in Buffy's life anymore. Like, so many little things like that are going on that usually would take a couple minutes in a scene for each individual piece. But by putting them into a song, and a lot of the times the songs overlap, by adding those things in, it actually saves time. It advances the plot, and it gives that reveal to the audience and the other characters and the fact that there's like this demon puppet master who's having them reveal all their secrets again just kind of ties into the purpose of the episode really it's not just to have a musical episode it's to lay everything out on the table and that's why i think it's so good well said (laughs) (laughs) well said
3: (laughs) so with that in mind is there something about this episode we're going to break it the whole thing down in a moment here but I mean, if you ha- if each of you have a favorite song, please share. But other than that, is there like are there any lyrics? Are there any like performances or any music in this episode that stands out to you? And you're like, oh, like that is actually so good. Just that one thing there.
0: Yeah, I'll just say one thing, and then I'll let Chrissy take it away. Here is that what Steph said is right. The Buffy musical episode is very ambitious because it's original music. You have a cast where most of the people have not. Saying before if you've watched like the little like making of like bts thing like so many of them came into this with no experience and they just kind of went for it and it somehow turned out so wonderfully um but one of the best thing is that the, they used original music so the lyrics mm-hmm. fit the speech patterns of buffy so it actually sounds like words that the characters would say i'm going to compare it to when steven sondheim was doing lyrics for west side story He told Leonard Bernstein, he said, hey, these two kids from this area of town would not be talking like that. They wouldn't have Mm. such flowery speech. They would be, you know, their words would be more relatable. And that's what Buffy hits right on the head. Their songs sound like an extension of the characters talking. And that's another testament to the songwriting that went into it. Yeah, I completely agree.
1: I know you and I both have the same favorite song. Um, from this. You talk
0: about our favorite song, and then I'll talk about Ready. the
1: other little things. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So our collective favorite song <laughs> is "Under Your Spell." I think it's so interesting how they really used a lot of different genres of music for this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: "Under Your Spell" is very '90s, early 2000s, Jewel meets the Cranberries vibe, and then you have other songs in the in the episode that are very musical theater. So it really, there's something for everyone to take away from this, I'd say. But yeah, that's that's our favorite.
0: <laughs> and again, that's why it works. It has, you know, something that's more Broadway style. It has things yeah. that are more modern and like the folk thing in rock, in this and that. Mm-hmm. It That's why it works, I think, for mainstream television. But you have these wonderful people like Tara, I feel like just in general, this actress is so underused in the series because she is phenomenal. Her character is phenomenal. And, you know, we don't always see her. So I'm so glad that she got to have like, what is the best musical moment in Mm -hmm. the episode, in my opinion. But then we have somebody like Anthony Stewart Head, who is like an icon in the theater community. Daddy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love him so much. And to have him (laughs) deliver this beautiful, beautiful song i cry i weep every time i'm listening to standing he's just
4: such an honest performer
3: what did mm. you do during this episode steph
4: <laughs> did i tell you that i orgasmed when i was watching the
3: <laughs> twice apparently
4: <laughs> uh, you know what good for you oh, thank you thank you good, yes. you good for you so i'm like i'm sure you probably felt that if if under your spells your favorite but you also love anthony stewart head singing then when they do the reprise you guys probably orgasm too
0: <laughs> oh yes there was a lot of that <laughs> in the text messages last night <laughs> and i do have to say because chrissy is a spike girl i'm not i'm an angel girl joss. all the way
4: joss you're my bitch i love you
0: <laughs> i am Definitely i am your bitch joss <laughs> I'm an angel girly, but I'm so attracted to Spike when he starts singing. I'm like, okay, I see it. Just for this one episode, I see it. I see it. We
3: talked about that in this episode because, you know, both Steph and I are fairly down on Spike, especially the further we go in the series. And, you know, but like in this episode, Steph is like, if it weren't for Giles, I think Spike would be my guy in this episode.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
3: Even I, in my notes, Ace Cara (laughs) here is like, "Oh, I can see the chemistry between these two actors." Like, and if I can see it, that means it's like on display for everybody to see.
0: Yeah, like the power of musical theater really came through for Spike.
4: And good for him. It's also like it's just sometimes when a guy has that much talent, and then it's true, like that theater. When you go, you put a guy like that on stage, suddenly he's the hottest guy in the world. And when like like if I saw him on the street, I'd be like, whatever. Mm. It's like the Ariana Grande SpongeBob SquarePants effect. (laughs)
3: i don't understand that reference
4: oh <laughs> i'll fill you in later Steph will but i'll <laughs> fill you in stuff yeah. will fill you in but let's not get sidetracked. side
0: trick.
1: you need to be filled in in this cause like,
0: <laughs> like what's that line from pitch perfect it's like i can see your toner through those jeans like <laughs> yeah yeah I exactly get that either,
3: but we can move on uh
4: but no no i i feel you on, on why would you that? wear
3: toner on your legs
4: Don't worry about it, Carl. I'll explain (laughs) later. (laughs) So it's funny that you say Under Your Spell is your favorite because historically, Under Your Spell has always been my least favorite song in the episode. And we talked about this... I know, I know, I'm awkward, <laughs> but we were, uh, we were talking about this when we covered the actual episode that now that I've watched season six, well, I guess um, season four to six very closely, and I've fallen in love with Tara, like Tara's is an amazing character, mm-hmm. really underutilized, as you had said. Yep. I really appreciated her and the song way more this rewatch, but it wasn't until I heard the reprise of Under Your Spell um, mixed in with the reprise of Standing. that I was like, no, this this I was wrong. Like this the song deserves like more praise than I'm giving it. And it also reminded me a lot of I'll cover you from Rent, when it starts off as like a love Mm -hmm. song and then later when it's reprised it's like a gut punch. It's it's a lot. It's it's yeah. used for a much different purpose and a lot sadder. You know, absolutely.
0: Again, that's such a brilliant neat trope, like for theater, right? Where you take the sweet love song and then the second act, you twist it. Oh, mm-hmm. so good.
3: I, I think that speaks to something that the two of you have both said, which is it's the confidence. Um, it's Joss Whedon's confidence in the songs that he's written. It's the cast and the crew's confidence in pulling off this episode that allows them to create those transformations mm-hmm. they buy into it and so we the audience buy into it
0: exactly and because they've already acknowledged from the very beginning that like haha a demon is making us all sing and dance like that's the <laughs> premise they got that out of the way like first scene yeah. they're in on it once they've acknowledged the joke then they can go on and they can have these moments of depth and we feel it with them because we're not going oh, why is everybody singing? Like you know what I mean? Mm. We've had that realization. We're like, okay, this is what it is. Ha ha! It's a musical, and that's what makes those moments of great emotion so much more powerful.
3: With that in mind, is there anything either of you would change about this episode to make it better?
0: I put Angel in it. Yes, oh.
3: thank you. <laughs> Angel needs to sing.
0: Chef's kiss. That's my only note. That's like <laughs> more no Angel. notes. Just more, more Angel. This that's is great. So funny. That's a great opinion. <laughs>
1: It is. (laughs) Yesterday, while we were having our own little rewatch, I actually I was thinking of that question. And I was like, maybe some of like the editing where it kind of like cuts so quickly. But then by the ends of the episode, I was like, No, that's what makes it really work so well is that everything is Mm -hmm. so bizarre, almost, and it instantly will stop and go to the next moment. And I think that is... Something that contributes to making this so well done as a musical. Mm. I don't know. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was gonna be my one thing that I would change. But no, mm-hmm. I think I would keep that.
3: Perfect episode.
1: What else did you say, Chris? The lip
0: syncing? The lip syncing. <laughs> it doesn't always line up. You, you wanna be what? live? Like lameiz <laughs> right, live. Right. Give us the lameiz <laughs> <Les> live. <laughs>
3: well these days they would fix that with AI, right? It's kinda right. what they can do these days.
1: Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> but no, I think keep that lip sync off a bit I think that adds to it all (laughs) I like the imperfections I think that is something that makes it perfect
4: well they're not supposed to be great that like it would be weird I mean three of them ended up being great but it it, it would be weird if Xander all of a sudden had the voice of an angel we'd be like since when and and in what world are you good at anything you know so I I, I feel like it makes sense that they're not that good because they're still good Like they pull it off. Everyone worked really hard and they pulled it Mm -hmm. off. But yeah, it would be weird if if they were like perfect. One one thing that I would change, and I said this, um, it's when – Spike pushes the minion, the dummy minion, into the magic box and he says, all right, tell us why you're here. Sing, right? And he's, <laughs> he, he's like about to sing and then he just says, go to the bronze and that's where you will go and meet your sister. Like, you know, and I'm like, they should have brought a Broadway legend for that role. They should have brought like Josh Groban or some pop, like somebody, somebody with a really great voice to sing that. That would have been so good. So, so Yeah, funny. or like, yeah. it's
0: like a big musical theater star for a cameo and they yeah. open their mouth and you're like, yes, it's Patty LuPone. She's going to sing it. And she's just like, <laughs> go to the Bronx. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My one change. And I, under- I understand that Allison Hannigan didn't want to sing that much. But I, I mm. would have liked a Willow song because I think that,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, as much as so far in this season, we appear to be going hard on the Willow character assassination. We're yeah. not really hearing from her that much. And I would have mm-hmm. liked to hear that in this episode
4: but she me would have too. had to feel Great. bad like people are sharing their secrets because it's like burning them inside they but, have but to maybe let it her out. maybe wrong. her
3: secret is i really love magic and why is everybody criticizing me so much
4: <laughs> i'm right that's everyone's a, wrong <laughs> that's, that's a song i'd like to hear
0: though and it, it is weird because of the scooby game you've heard from everybody except willow Like Dawn has her little thing and she gets cut off, which is just really funny because that's Dawn's character. Classic Nobody cares. They're like, shut up. (laughs) Shut up. We're kidnapping you. Um, (laughs) But then, yeah, we don't hear from Willow. We don't hear her secrets and thoughts and dreams. And, you know, I think that would have been important, especially with how the season ends up. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but like this is kind of Willow's thing. Yeah.
3: So final question before we get into our breakdown here. Uh, Since you're both kind of into musical theater, is there a dream part for you in this episode? And it can be any character, any gender, any voice type, like just based on what they sing and how they are in this episode, which role would you like?
1: You go, Chris. Me? Okay. So originally I was going to say Buffy, just because like Buffy, but... Buffy. Buffy. Anya. I mean, the entire... (laughs) like. All of it. All of it, really. But like bunny moment is phenomenal. Immediately, Jocelyn was like, yeah, no, that is you. That's your role. And I was like,
0: thank you. It is. It is. You are Anya AF in like the best way possible. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) My dream role is Tara. She has the princess track. She doesn't have many spoken lines. So she's not on stage a whole lot, but she gets to come on, sing like the best songs in the thing, and then go backstage and
4: relax. So that's like it's the dream. dream. Yeah. You both you both can sing, right? Yeah. I know you I can mean, so I, hey, I creeped you on Instagram, so I know you can. Oh, okay. Well, uh. I paid <laughs>
0: enough lessons that for lessons that I really hope I can sing, because if I can't, like <laughs> that's really embarrassing. Awkward. Um <laughs> Awkward. But,
4: but um okay, so Joss, can you sing when when Terrace is um um in Walk Through the Fire? She goes, What can't we face if we're together? Can you sing that? Oh god, okay. You're putting Yay. me in the spot. I love, I love live music. Let's do this.
0: It's going to sound so bad. No, it's not. I'm not up.
4: <laughs> I, I did it when we recorded it and I for sure didn't sound good. So <laughs> please show me up.
0: All right. I don't want to hear anything in the comment section. Okay. If it's bad, it's bad. What can't we
4: face if we're together? Oh my God. I got chills. I got chills. I'm crying. Yes, Greg. <laughs> well done. And uh, Chrissy, sing Chrissy, the bunny part. about bunnies. <laughs> Can I just scream, bunnies?
3: <laughs> we must be bunnies.
2: Yeah, bunnies.
4: Or sing a verse from um, "I'll Never Tell." Oh,
1: my God. You know what? I am so unfamiliar with like the soundtracks. I've watched it twice <laughs>
4: only, or uh, else I would totally, but like, my brain just goes, bunnies. You know what? Just sing the Canadian anthem. Sing something.
1: <laughs> sing the alphabet, oh, Chrissy. Oh, Canada. I Love learned it. this <laughs> bowl That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> I never know what comes next. <laughs>
0: Don't
2: just, even know the lyrics
4: to that.
0: <laughs> English Isn't version, that French awful?
4: version, combo version? What are we doing? <laughs> the combo the combo <laughs> um you know what Kara? i'm gonna answer this question too i would create my own role and i would be joyce and joyce comes oh up. yes joyce in I heaven <laughs> looking yeah, down
3: when we were doing the recap because I, I i noted that tara uh in her scene with dawn has like big mom energy and then i thought mm-hmm. about joyce and i'm like how oh, would joyce sing about if she were still here she would and sing about sad. being
4: high. <laughs> Just think about Giles. Yeah. <laughs> or Spike, because we, you know, spoys forever. Yeah. E-car, would you what role would you pick? Would you have picked Willow? That's my guess for you.
3: That's a good guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Willow doesn't really have much to sing in this episode, which I suppose is for the best, but uh yeah, like Willow or I don't know. I I really do like Buffy because she's just so like lugubrious in this episode. Mm. She's been lying,
4: oh, That's a good, for one. This good word. Entire season
3: so far, it's all coming out, and mm-hmm. I love it when I like when Buffy. Like I love when she cracks one-liners, but I really like when we get to see that side of Buffy that's like, I'm just so tired of saving the world all the time.
2: Yeah, mm.
4: yeah, yes. I also, I also would. I mean, if I wasn't gonna create my own role of Joyce, I would be sweet. Like the demon. Yeah. Because it's so fun to be bad, isn't it? <laughs> to be a bad girl. It's fun to be mm-hmm. the villain. So that would be a fun role.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, can I change my answer? I want to be the guy yes, who just course. tap dances until he explodes. <laughs> That's what taking 30 year tap at college for musical theater is like when you're trying to learn a tap combo and you just combust. <laughs> yeah that's happened to me <laughs> i'm
4: glad you recovered <laughs> i still
2: haven't.
0: Die? it's okay um
4: <laughs> are you buffy did you come only back? emotionally <laughs> could maybe you can maybe you can um answer this And it wasn't even a question. It was just me saying, sometimes tap dancing looks silly. (laughs) Yeah. And like, can you confirm? Because like, I'm really impressed with tap dancers, especially the guy in that episode. He's like, and then he blows up. But like, sometimes it just looks silly, you know? And like, am I wrong? Like, it does. It's the arms, I think. It is. It is silly. Yeah.
0: Because like, you're trying to control everything. And like, the thing about tap dancing that nobody ever tells you because you think it's all about control, but like your feet have to be super duper relaxed, but then you're trying to hold the rest of your body really, really still. So, or like the arms are really, really tight, but your mm-hmm. feet have to, super relaxed so that they can make those sounds really fast. That's why I was bad at tap because, like, my feet were, could not relax. It's like <laughs> okay. that thing where
1: people are like, you can't rub your stomach and pat your head at the same time. That's mm, exactly yeah. what tap is
4: like. <laughs> yeah, there's a level of silliness involved with tap dancing. It's okay. I remember in the movie Chicago when Richard mm. Gere did his tap dance as Billy. Yes. And, and everyone was like, amazing, amazing. And I remember I was a little girl and I was just like, was it? <laughs> was it though? <that> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, the women did, like, I mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones killed it, but, like, everyone's, oh like, God, applauding yeah. his tap dance, and I was like, I guess, <laughs> like, like, I suppose. <laughs> anyway, we're off topic. Let's break down the episode, shall we? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's okay, do it. so
3: we're just going to go through the songs here, and we want your thoughts on how they function in terms of musical theater and, you know, lyrics that you love, the melody of the song, like, any basic... Anything you want to comment on about the song. Uh, so obviously the first song, well, first we we start the episode with um, an instrumental overture that goes throughout the opening scenes as we see the Scoobies go about their normal business. And then we transition into Buffy patrolling in the cemetery. Uh, what do you think of this instrumental overture?
0: I like it. It's cute because Buffy's always got like the underscoring going on, right? So like people mm. haven't really clued in yet. Because it always has such beautiful background music. And mm-hmm. um, it is scored so beautifully to the point that when Hush happened, everybody knew something was wrong because there was no underscoring. It was mm-hmm. just like, you know what I mean? like. Or um, the moment with Joyce in season five. That was like a deliberate choice to have no underscoring in that specific mm-hmm. moment because it's just too real. So Buffy's always had a strong connection with music. So at this point, we're just like, OK, different music, different opening credits, like something's weird, but like not to the extent that we're like musical episode.
3: I like mm-hmm. how you put that. It's kind of like they're they're soft launching us into the episode.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly.
3: <laughs> um, and so then we go into the first actual musical number, which is Buffy backed up by some demons in the cemetery <laughs> uh, singing about how she's just going through the motions.
0: This is your classic I want song. You know, not to put too much of, like, a pin on it, but the last lyric in the song is, I just want to be alive. Oh, my God. That sounded so good. That's it. That's, like, well, that's... (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But, like, right there, what does she want? She wants to feel like she's alive again because she's back from the dead. She's going through the motions. It's very literal. But Mm -hmm. I think that works for people who may not be musical theater enthusiasts, you know? Yeah. And uh, I... I love it. And I love the demons backing her up with their little dance. <laughs> they use this arm motion a lot when all the bad guys dance. Did you notice that? That's yeah. like the bad guy choreography. All the bad guys are doing this.
4: And then they do this at the end. I mean, uh, this is a podcast. No one can see, but when they go like, <gasps> like, 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 <laughs> they, like right. lean forward. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I also, I really love in that song is when the demon man, he's like going through the mall. Ocean. it's like in the background he's singing <laughs> yeah. like a little ditty behind her it's harmonizing. Really yeah, harmonizing yeah harmonizing. and then he just get- he gets stabbed yes. he gets stabbed yeah, yeah. <laughs> well did you guys catch this too i i brought this up when i was talking to car about it um because it is an i want song it's very aerial very you know mulan mm. like all these disney princesses do it and then at the end when buffy stakes the the vampire a cloud of dust. Obviously, <laughs> she she sings through it, and it swirls around her like Pocahontas with the wind. Yeah, like Ariel with the water yeah. behind her. Like I was like, that is that's Buffy's Disney moment, and I, it's her it. I moment. love her Disney moment. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Me, I'm always like, girl, close your mouth. There's vampire dust. No one wants to breathe that in. Like Buffy should ooh.
3: really be wearing <laughs> PPE when she sways
4: Yeah, we, said, I we like where's her mask? <laughs> like where's her mask? The particulates.
0: <laughs> like, oh my just like close your mouth girls okay <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah anything else for that particular opener song
0: no i just think it's a great i want song solid way mm-hmm. to open the show right away we're like because i think of the characters you have like who's likely to sing and who's least likely to sing mm. buffy's towards the unlikely end so right away we're like okay why is buffy singing and fighting demons weird <laughs> But also, right away, it puts her secret out there. So we're like, okay.
3: It's a traditional opening to a Buffy episode, right? Buffy in a graveyard. Mm. Mm -hmm. But she's singing. So it's almost as if we're like, okay, well, this is a musical version of Buffy. Pretend it's on stage, right? It's like, that's how you would open this musical, is you'd have Buffy going through a graveyard on the stage. fighting some
4: demons. Mm -hmm. I likened it to the opening of Hairspray, just a lot sadder. (laughs) And no dump trucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More vampires, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like just with the with the with the starting in the morning in her bed, right? And it's yeah. supposed to be a happy day. But you notice too in that in that song, um, the, the part that's all music, Buffy doesn't say anything. Obviously, it looks like all day, because she wakes up in the morning, we see her at the magic shop, mm-hmm. and then boom, it's it's like midnight in the cemetery. So mm-hmm. going through mm-hmm. the motions indeed, you know, she's literally didn't yeah. do anything all day. And then she lets her thoughts out when she's by herself, which is what she's been doing all season.
3: Well, and one question I I have about this episode is, is this is a very unique thing in that you brought this up earlier, Joss, about the score, the wonderful score by Christoph Beck. And this is like the, I think it's probably the only episode in the series where the score is also diegetic, at least some of the time. Like, it's in the episode, and mm-hmm. the characters can hear it.
0: Yeah, they're aware and, of it.
3: Yeah, and my question, I guess, as I watched this episode was, how much of this music is actually diegetic, right? So, like, in that opening uh, overture with the montage and everything, are they actually living through all the moments in between that we didn't see? Or is are they actually experiencing a montage Kind of like how later in the episode with Under Your Spell, there's that transition immediately between what Steph and I are calling Rugg's field and <laughs> Taryn Willow's bedroom that they're squatting in in the Summer's residence, um, <laughs> and it, that's a very like magical, very like uh, stage transition between two two sets. And and I, Steph and I, kind of had this moment of like, was that magic? Did that happen in the episode? Was it just a cut? for the viewers like what's going on here like how much of this is the viewers experiencing weird stuff because they're mm. in a musical right now
0: i never even thought about that like does the demon just like go oh time for a set change and pick them up and move them like that seems like a lot of work for one guy
3: well he does have those minions
1: (laughs) just made my brain explode in the best possible way because now i need to go rewatch and think just of that throughout the entire episode <laughs> and then get back to you.
3: Yeah. Please do. You can write it a hot steak.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> we just, it was, it's just the magic of theater. The magic of theater. The magic of theater. The magic of theater. <laughs> Don't question it.
0: Don't think exactly. about it. Just be
4: like, okay, we're here. <laughs> Cara, these are my people. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of musicals, right? Is like, yeah. if you agree to watch the musical, right? If you're buying into the musical, you're buying into why did that just happen? It's a musical. Don't don't question why. Just, just go with it. Exactly. Just go
4: with it. It's magic. All right. So our next song, I've got a theory slash bunnies slash if we're together.
3: How common is that to have like a couple of somewhat distinctive songs kind of run together like that?
4: Fairly common.
2: Fairly I
0: common. Think, in musical theater. Yeah. Even back yeah. in kind of golden age musical theater, you see that yeah. because they, they are distinctly different songs. Or, you know, it would be like theory, part one, part two, part three, because they're very different. Um, you have like, I've got a theory, which is very like speechy musical theater. They're talking. Mm. It's exactly like the scene would go, but they're singing it. It's very much in like their speech voice.
3: Musical exposition. <laughs> uh,
0: then Anya kind of like takes everything and has this like breakaway rock moment about bunnies. <laughs> And then Buffy brings it back down with something very sweet and melodic and finds a solution and kind of resolves both musically and within the structure of the scene. So yeah, I think it has to be labeled that way. I mean, I just call it, I've got a theory because in my head, it's just, that's what stays there. But yeah, that's pretty common. And especially with how they have the different genres all packed into one. Mm. It's like the ultimate mashup for musical
1: theater without being a mashup <laughs> yes
0: yes because when you write your own songs you can't mash them it's not Slam like it a, a pop. mashup it's mm-hmm. not like moulin rouge right right so this is just a mashup of their original stuff originals there you go mm, yeah. Yeah.
3: i think it's funny how anya later on in the episode she's upset <laughs> that her number with xander was like a retro pastiche and not a breakaway <laughs> pop hit yeah well, anya had had a breakaway never... rock hit earlier like she had she the did. most like modern sounding song <laughs>
0: She did. She had the rock moment, but she still needed the breakaway pop hit. <laughs> do,
3: you th- do you think that after the episode is over, she just like keeps dusting the magic box and glancing at the necklace and asking herself like, would it be worth it <laughs> to do it again just to see if that yeah. would happen?
2: Maybe
4: one more time. Who knows? You know,
0: I'm not sure. I'm not sure because as we know, she has experience with the whole child bride underworld wedding thing. And apparently that <laughs> oh, doesn't work gosh. out very well as we learn later. Except once. Except <laughs> once. Just once. Yeah. Just once. But no, I think I think she tries to like, I'm pretty sure she sang around the house for the next like week and a half until <laughs> Sandra had to ask her to stop.
4: Well, something that we noted too is they said it a couple times that there are songs happening behind the scenes that we don't see in the episode. Like Giles had sung something the night before, Anya and Xander also, uh, Dawn sings something at school, and we're like, oh, there's so many amazing moments mm-hmm. that we're missing here that we need, right? we need more musical episode. <laughs> and then like, obviously that's showcased in the next song, right? The Mustard, right? I got the mustard <laughs> yes. out, which is just a breakaway hit, of course. Kara <laughs> hates that song for some reason. <laughs> I, don't,
3: I don't hate it. I just It doesn't do much for me. Is this, a, is this a kind of standard thing in musicals? Do they have these weird songs that don't really fit into the plot?
1: I feel like it's more of a stereotype. So it would be yeah. in something
0: like this. And yeah. Because of that, it works well. well yeah. Like, yeah, it, they're, they're making fun of musicals with that one for gotcha. sure. Okay. Yeah. Most musicals, like the songs advance the plot. I think the mustard was just like, A, to poke fun about musicals because they're all singing for no reason. And so that demonstrates everyone is singing for reasons so small as they got the mustard out of my shirt. And (laughs) that's poking fun at musical theater of a genre like, oh, went and picked up my cleaning, got to sing about (laughs) about it. Yeah. So I think it's it's, uh, very gently poking fun at the genre
4: the mm-hmm. randomness of it is is funny right it's like a joke also yeah. um, and it reminded me of like years later when book of mormon came out where the one guy just announces that he's got maggots in his scrotum <laughs> like in the middle of a song and everyone's like no yes. oh. yeah he just says car he just announces i've got maggots <laughs> in my scrotum and everyone's just like okay and then they oh, continue singing oh, maggots
3: on. or magnets?
4: maggots like the little Ew. wormy things. Yeah. Ew, why? Yeah, he's he's really sick. He should go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Book of Mormon I mean, the They
3: they only eat dead flesh, but like why?
4: <laughs> why indeed? And know. that's what I it just I it's wanna... just random. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I oh reminded of. <laughs>
3: well, that brings us to your favorite song, both of you. So we can spend some time on this. Uh talk to us about under your spell. I mean again, even ace Kara noticed that this song is about sex and sexy times later at the end of the song there are orgasms and it's great Mm -hmm. um but like with this song for me what stands out right is the way that it's tara singing she's got the backup dancers going on but Mm -hmm. she's she's serenading willow right like she's singing to willow which we haven't really had so far in the episode. So far, we've just had like the group numbers Mm -hmm. uh, kind of singing as an ensemble. Now we have these two main characters and one of them is singing to the other. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's such a beautiful, beautiful love song talking about, you know, what's wonderful about me is what you bring out in me and how, like, you know, your partner, your significant other brings out the best in you and you feel like you are your best human when you're with them sort of thing. And then, of course, it goes towards the sexy end of things. But that's how it starts, right? And I think that's such a beautiful, again, musical theater trope where there is a romantic number where somebody is being serenaded. You see it all the way back. All the way back. I've said West Side Story already this episode. I probably will again, but Maria, Maria, Maria. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what they do in musicals. And I think it's really refreshing um, to have it between two women. Mm-hmm. They have other couples in the show that could have easily had Xander serenade Anya and followed like the strict, not strict, because it's not strict, who cares? But, you know, the kind of way we usually see these this represented. But to have it come from Tara and have it between two women is wonderful by means of representation. And I think it's also more powerful coming from Tara because she is so quiet. Of all the mm-hmm. people you expect to have like a big musical number... It's not her as a character because, again, she's criminally underused. So I think it's gorgeous. And I also love the irony of it because she's singing about being under Willow's spell metaphorically. But as we, as we all know, she is literally <laughs> under her spell. And then when the reprise ties into that, it's like, oof,
2: mm-hmm. oof.
0: I want to know what they were, what they were drinking when they were on this because it was good. It's Good.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else. I was like, oh yeah, under her spell, right? I thought you were going to reference the w- spread under uh, beneath my willow tree. I was like, oh that's oh yeah,
4: that's for you to. That's for you to bring up, Chrissy. That's for you to bring oh, up now, obviously, because I was going to. But <laughs> in case
0: we weren't sure, the song was about sex. You know. <laughs>
1: No, I think that's
4: genius. <laughs> Are there a lot of sex scenes like that on stage? You know, like in in shows. Oh, um,
1: Spring
0: Awakening has oh, a very
4: yeah. explicit, explicit one. Um,
0: usually, they're not that explicit. They're usually very delicate, like fade to black, yeah, fade to things. black.
4: Use
2: your imaginations. I yeah.
0: yeah, I can't think of a show where it's actually like
1: there Spring was like Awakening. an almost one in in Almost Famous, which was like a <laughs> bit
2: odd.
0: Almost. <laughs>
4: <laughs> almost, was almost famous had an almost sexy
2: <laughs>
1: yeah that one was a bit weird it was funny uh, it was funny but
2: yeah i, I enjoyed it
4: all that comes to mind buffy really went out of the way to,
2: to, oh,
0: yes. to do that for
4: us so i mean Thank the you. innuendo
0: <laughs> is usually there right like we we know it's in the sure. lyrics it's in the staging um nobody is ever levitating so that <laughs> was new.
3: Um. <laughs> I think for me, it was the the lyrics surging like the sea and I break with every swell that really like caught <laughs> me. Oh, yes. yeah.
1: <laughs> Go on. No. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh okay.
3: Well, okay. Can, can, can we also take a moment to maybe just unpack the <laughs> uncomfy weirdness of having a straight cis man like Joss Whedon? Writing about female sexuality and orgasm like that.
0: Yes. yes. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Women. <laughs> women was. levitate when that happens. That's how it works. Every time
4: they just Every float. <laughs> I know it's Every just time. hard because like Joss is such a, like a little gremlin, and like it's it is it's such a wonderful scene for the couple. It's also a disastrous, like horrible scene for the couple when you think about the undertones mm. of the fact that she's mm. legitimately under her spell, but. The love song itself, it's like, it's its hard to believe that something that nice and that lovely was written by him. But like, I mean, yeah. Cara, right. we, you and I have always said, like, give the guy credit when when he deserves credit. Like, he's a good writer, right?
0: Yeah, he does deserve credit for this episode in the sense that like, Again, this is super ambitious. Not only are we doing a musical mm. episode, they did all original music with people who, for the most part, had never done a musical before. That is no. probably yeah. the scariest shit you can do. Am I allowed mm. to say shit here?
4: Yeah. I'll oh, fuck you
0: can yeah! We you swear want. all the time. <laughs> okay, okay, good. All right. Well, yeah. Like that's absolutely terrifying. But he was like, "You know what? We're going to do it." And they were like, mm-hmm. "Okay, man, we trust you." And it somehow worked so Mm -hmm. yeah for amber benson
3: to to put herself out there like that and perform what is basically a sex scene Mm. um you know and especially because she she is i don't even like saying plus size actress because she's not even that large right but Mm -hmm. i guess by tv standards she is and we've talked before on on the podcast Mm -hmm. about how again joss whedon himself was like kind of fighting to keep her when the Mm -hmm. network was like are you sure but like for her to kind of put herself out there and perform mm. that scene and, and again like just featuring that sexuality so boldly um yeah. it, it's very powerful
0: absolutely yeah it is on so on so so many levels and I really think nobody other than Amber Benson could have done it that much justice mm. um both from playing Tara and also in the sense of the musical episode like again if it were Xander or and Anya or something like that like no shade to the other actors, but the level of, I don't want to say talent because they're all very, very talented, but maybe, but the way that she just, I don't know. She makes it very intimate and Mm. honest in a way that you don't always get on TV. She's Mm -hmm. sweet, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's the most stage like performance there is because she's just so like, there's so much vulnerability to her Mm -hmm. when she's confessing this love. And it's just, it's really beautiful. And I don't think that sort of love song would have fit anywhere else in the episode.
4: Mm. Well, for like for Tara, like Tara is a victim of love, right? She's like, oh, I've, I've fallen mm-hmm. in love and I'm beautiful now because mm-hmm. I'm in love. Um, But then she's also a victim of Willow's spell, right? And taking away her well, agency. And, and yeah.
3: that's, that's why what Willow does is so incredibly awful and mm-hmm. somewhat unforgivable, right? Like, exactly you know what tara has been through she's reminding Mm -hmm. us in the the opening of the song and yet you still were so selfish that Mm -hmm. and so conflict averse that rather than have an argument and talk to her you just wiped her memory Mm -hmm. right i i can i can believe joss whedon writing that part
4: (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) yep um yeah and I'll, i'll also add that tara's never looked tinier than when she's wearing her princess outfit like her little costume in that scene like she's got the corset on and like she looks really tiny
0: yeah she's actually wearing something that showcases her figure which is very rare for her she's usually covered in so many layers and again that works with the exposition that the musical number brings it. Uh,
3: we found out two episodes ago that Willow is a breast girl. So <laughs> yes. I'm sure that outfit was for Willow.
4: <laughs> <laughs> just for Willow. Well, let's let's get on to I'll Never Tell, which is the duet between Xander and Anya in uh, Xander's apartment. Um, I have always adored this number and it's always been in like my top three. And I think it's just mm-hmm. because it, it just speaks to... musical theater person in me it's so Mm -hmm. it's it's so theater (laughs) you know like it's a stage they're on a stage the angles that the camera does their costumes um and just the funness of the the song itself Cara pointed out in her episode that they're they're taking jabs at each other but they're also Mm -hmm. expressing their fears in in the music Emma Caulfield is is like alarmingly good at at yeah. what she's doing. Especially like, with I don't... the
3: dancing and heels. That's the yeah. 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 Big, the fluffy high heel slippers.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. I'm <laughs> <dancing>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it just I just loved the dynamic between the two of them. I think the dance number was adorable. Um, they used the entire stage, which is what you want when you have a dance number. It's just it's just great. That's what I
2: thought.
1: Yeah, it's another one of my favorites from the episode, but. I completely agree with you. It's definitely within the vein of like a classic musical theater number. It's very um "Kiss Me, Kate" meets like "Nice Work If You Can Get It." And like you said, the costumes, her hair, her hairdo is just so musical mm-hmm. theater. And I love this a little number. Dance yeah.
0: break, a little dance break. Like, <laughs> and again, what's brilliant about this song, like you said, it goes from like they're taking jabs at each other in a jokey yeah. way, and it progresses to being more serious they have a dance break and then it kind of comes down to revealing what's underneath all of like the jokey and the tension and all of it and so you get that resolution which i think that's what a really good musical number does it has that arc And uh, that works well. And also the lyrical brilliance of his penis got diseases from the do not strive. Again, what were they on when they wrote this? Because it's actually like it's actually good. Like there's no universe where it should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this brilliant but it is yeah
3: Just we didn't wrote that episode of season 4 just because he knew that one day he was going to write a lyric about that yeah, for he's a music like I need
0: stuff. this to come back
3: <laughs> <laughs> or she eats these skeezy cheeses that I can't describe
0: yeah. and Her toes are kind of hairy
3: <laughs> that's, that's Xander's misogyny coming out
0: yeah. <laughs> I was like what do you mean everybody's
4: toes are hairy
0: come on <laughs>
4: their toes I think because so many of the songs in this episode are heavy as they should be because the Scoobies are dealing with a lot this season and they gotta mm-hmm. let it out right but in yep. this case the two of them end the song laughing together and mm-hmm. I thought I think that's uplifting and I think that's what yeah. for me that's why I like musicals is because they usually leave you feeling good so that number leaves you feeling like I want to laugh along with them because what a silly thing they mm-hmm. just did but it was fun you know a lot of fun
0: Yeah, and it really showcases their relationship nicely because I feel like sometimes Xander and Anya are so like focused on like the bickering piece because that's how like they fit in their storyline and tracks with the others. Mm -hmm. But I really like that they got to have a really sweet, like vulnerable moment because we don't see that very often from them.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I also feel like this song, it alludes to how it's very common in some musicals, maybe especially older ones. To have these kinds of duets where you have, like, uh, a male and a female character singing about, like, the same topic, but from, like, slightly, like, opposite perspectives?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's very, like Chrissy said, it's very Kiss Me Kate. It's very... Um, for me, I think of like Annie Get Your Gun when they're singing mm-hmm. about getting married and she's like, I want a big wedding. I want this. I want that. And he's like, we're going to have a small old fashioned wedding. <laughs> yes. And so it was very reminiscent of that for me. And that dates back to like the 1940s. So yeah. this is. Good old fashioned musical theater, right there.
3: Well, that's why they've got like the retro costuming. In the yeah,
0: exactly.
4: Yeah. yeah, exactly. I love that example because isn't it in the same musical where they sing "Anything you can do, I can do better"? And yep, that's yep. like that's them jabbing at each other too. So very exactly. reminiscent of that. They did their research, man.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm learning so much.
4: <laughs> yeah, good for you, Joss. Just this once.
3: Ah. <laughs> like, just- uh-huh. uh. Um, So then we have The Parking Ticket, which is another one of those interstitial songs. Uh, That one's being sung by showrunner for season six, Marty Noxon, Uh, all about how she's having a bad day. because She got a parking ticket and also she's not wearing underwear.
0: (laughs) She's a little slutty. (laughs) And now I think this is correct. So I think Marnie, is it Marnie Nixon or Marnie Noxon? Noxon?
3: Marty Noxon.
0: Marty Nixon. Okay, then never mind. I thought she was someone else.
4: <laughs> I thought she was President Nixon's wife. <laughs>
0: well, there's no. Well, there's this lady called Marnie Nixon, and she is like the voice behind the scenes for so many, like so many things. Like she was the voice for Audrey Hepburn in um, My Fair Lady. She was the voice for uh, Natalie Wood in West Side Story. So I always thought it was her. And I was like, wow, she's actually singing <laughs> on screen. That's great. But <laughs> whoops. It's
4: not her. It's the producer of the show.
0: <laughs> it's not her. They look they look kind of similar
4: though. So Ooh. Anyway, that was my
0: oopsie, but I'll I'll still say it because look up Marnie Nixon. She's had quite the quite the cool career. There's a shout out to
4: Marty Nixon, but uh, <laughs> in uh yeah, this 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 is just like a cute little like, oh, it's happening to the rest of the town, too. Because while this is happening, Giles, Ander, and Anya are chatting and we see the dancers behind them as well. Like the sweepers, right? The I like that one. Sweepers. Yeah, it's cute. It's really cute. It's very, like, on the town. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next one is, I feel like Chrissy might have a lot to say about it. I don't know. Uh, rest in Peace <laughs> by William the Bloody. I mean. Um, wow. <laughs>
2: Come on, so that is ago.
4: right. Like I, I can't even talk right now. <laughs> just tongue turned. tied.
1: Did you see that? I just Ooh. like lost it for a second. <laughs> I have a thing for the bleached hair <laughs> <You know?
4: laughs> and the voice. It works for me. Someone on this podcast eventually should say their truth, and like we so rarely get someone who is attracted to Spike on here. So go off. You know? <laughs> Thank you very much. I am honored to
1: be (sighs) the one, the exception here. Um (laughs) Yeah, no, it just gives me very great vibes from someone with a very bad vibe.
0: this is what this is why chrissy and i get along because our taste in men is so different you will never catch us agreeing that a guy is attractive so
3: so chrissy is it the whole step on me vibe where he's like you've got a willing slave like
0: a thousand percent i mean
1: you know who doesn't want that the dark fantasies just like all come together with spike and that's all.
0: You're <laughs> so red right
4: now. Yeah, <laughs> likes to play the part that she might misbehave. Is that what we're Ooh.
1: hearing? No. You
3: don't want to know what's in your Ao3 reading history. Oh
4: no!
1: <laughs> <laughs> you really don't.
4: You don't. It's alarming.
1: <laughs> I'm sure. and I nightly are like, oh my god, check this one out, and no, check that one out, and then, <laughs> you know, it's two a.m.
0: <laughs>
1: As a should You be. know,
0: I was just gonna say this is just such a great number in the sense that this is, again, one of the people who comes in and is like, it's musical theater time, bitches, let's take it to Broadway. And he just Mm. sweeps in and does this full musical number. And it's hilarious because it's Spike, because again, very on the end of not likely to burst into song, but also (laughs) ever since we've met Spike, (laughs) they always throw like Billy Idol, like shots at him, right? Like because of his hair. And mm-hmm. then you have him do like this rock grungy musical theater number. And so it's very much, again, like referencing back to these jokes they've been making for four years now. And I love it every time. It works. It works. I'm like, Are there huh? any
3: rock musicals?
0: You know, yeah. I was just about to say he is very
1: Adam Pascal in Rent 90s mm-hmm. version, not like the 2005 movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. there is quite a bit of rock musicals. It's really on the rise lately Mm. as well. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. School of Rock.
2: (laughs) School of Rock. Rock
4: Rock
0: of Ages.
4: Um, Our favorite, Bad Out of Hell. Spike would have starred in the very short-lived American Idiot. Oh, yes. That's a good one. Broadway show.
0: Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. I don't know that one. That's (laughs) a little more on the obscure side. It's fine. It's just funny cuz he's of William the The
4: Vampire's. Dance of <laughs> the Vampire's. Oh shit. You're right. Um here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um this is a great this is a bop. The song is really really catchy and he pulls it off really well. It's like it's I I don't know what you would call it, but like the, the his voice suits it like the the mm-hmm. range that he can do and I really think that Again, if you were to... If you are not prone to being attracted to Spike, this is the one where you would be because yeah. he's talented. Like, he he actually does such a good job in the song yeah. that I was like, do I? Like, am I? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, believe me, I am, like, a Spike hater to my core. I love to hate yes. him as a villain. So, like, when we when we see him become not a villain, I'm always upset because it's like, no, yeah. like, he's so bad. That's why he's so good. Mm. But... This man's voice is sexy. I'm just to say it. I'm going to say it. It's true. It's true. We only speak the truth.
4: Only I can't control myself.
0: I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm a Spike fan for one episode only.
4: <laughs> Today, I'm a Spike fan. <laughs> Today, I'm a Spike fan.
0: Ask me tomorrow.
3: Are Are you under his spell?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I would <laughs> gladly be under his spell. <laughs>
4: It speaks to the power of his performance, because look at what Spike's doing in the song. He's ruining someone's funeral. Like someone's grieving mm-hmm. and he went in there and fucked it up. And then he's also like telling Buffy that like, oh, you, you like want me, like you, you want this. And he's gaslighting her into thinking that she's in love with him. She's not. She's just considering boning him. Cause she's sad. We've been there. Who's, who We've hasn't been there? Who hasn't? Like, <laughs> But like still like we are like three women in this out of the four of us are saying that's attractive in this particular moment because (laughs) he's pulling off the song.
0: You know, to be fair, who has a funeral at night?
2: (laughs)
3: <laughs> That's what we said. And this is Sunnydale, so I guess it's common here. But yeah, that was a very convenient funeral.
4: <laughs> There's only so many funerals you can have during the day. Everyone's dying in this town, okay? There's 12 cemeteries. They're all booked up. You've got to have it at night. <laughs> got to go with the time I, slots.
3: <laughs> I do think it's interesting how... Okay, so Under Your Spell is a love song. Uh, it is romantic. It's, you know, serenading. I'll Never Tell is a, is a song about unacknowledged problems in an actual certified relationship Uh and then rest in peace is kind of like an anti-love song where he's singing about how Mm. like like uh tara is singing about how she's orgasming from willow uh and spike is singing i can't find my sweet release right he's like (laughs) i can't (laughs) orgasm right now because of you buffy it's all your fault right like he's he's talking about how how his obsession with her has actually like curdled
4: Mm -hmm. oh no poor
0: spike (laughs) oh no she doesn't like him so so
4: his jizz (laughs) curl bye bye Kara. (laughs) thank you for joining us tonight this happens at least
3: once an episode
2: um
4: but like in vampire
0: (laughs) lore (laughs) lore, though do you like it's,
3: um, it's that one episode all over again
0: no like in vampire lore though like if you read like anne rice vampires have no body fluid because they're dead so like what of it maybe (laughs) (laughs) maybe he's reminiscing i don't know he's thinking (laughs) back to those
4: days um he's remembering the good days um we've we've talked probably more than we could ever hope to have talked about Vampire fluids on this show. But, um, <laughs> but like, that's fair. Okay,
3: well, in the Buffy verse, without going into too many spoilers for Angel, canonically, angels must, uh, vampires must ejaculate. Yes. What so. yeah.
4: yes. goes up yes. must come down, is what you're saying. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes. We we know we know what happens. They just don't
4: tell us how. We we not Yeah. It's like um. It's like in Under Your Spell. It cuts away right before terror orgasms. We know what happens, but you know, mm. um, Car. I don't know what if this is like <laughs> something like I don't know what happened just now, but when you said that, rain just started pouring against <gasps> my window. It was like a big splatter. On my window. Well, that's how it happens.
3: <laughs> that's a pathetic fallacy right My there. My
0: question's been
4: answered. <laughs> we need to move on before we all lose our minds. But um, he, "Recipes" a gr- is a great musical number. Good good for him.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. So then we have what I kind of see as a pair of things, right? We have the two line Dawn's Lament followed <sighs> by uh, a dance number that's almost entirely silent called Dawn's Ballet. Because Michelle Trachtenberg, mm-hmm. of course, is a trained ballet dancer, and she, she wanted to dance instead of sing.
4: Is she a trained ballet dancer? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you are so hard on herself.
4: I'm. I'm. I, clearly, I'm hard on everybody's like dancing <laughs> ability because, like, I don't. I don't like her dancing. I. D- I don't. I'm sorry. Cancel me. I don't care.
0: I've criticized Richard Gere. So, like, the <laughs> dancing bars, <is>, like. <laughs> It's fair game. They probably went
1: around <laughs> and asked if like anyone has any special skills and she was mm-hmm. like, "Well, I studied ballet when I was two for like." Right, a week, no, okay. Which-
4: <laughs> and this is this is what I'm saying, like it's passable, but it's like when Buffy figure skated in season 2, it- it's mm. not good. Like she clearly quit too young, yeah. but like it's like the skill set was learned if not mastered <laughs> you know so yeah <laughs> that being said i do think it's a good dance number right like i think it's really fun with her and the and the, the you just like dummies. the flippy yeah they're flipping doing they're flipping doing all over that place um they're picking her up they're throwing her around she's spinning i was like wow they they like spent a week practicing this for sure <laughs> totally. i love it because it's a
0: tribute to again golden age musical theater um mm the ballet has always had a factor because the whole idea with musical theater coming together, it was like, you don't have to go to see the play, a play or the opera or the ballet. You can go to one place and you can see all of it. Right. Mm. So a lot of early musicals had like these, like really insanely long dream ballets. So we're kind of lucky that this one's nice and short,
4: like in singing in the rain, I've ever
0: watched Oklahoma, Um, (laughs) but Oklahoma has this, ridiculously long dream ballet it's beautiful but if you're not into that like it's hell if it's not good it's hell so (laughs) i think that incorporating this very short ballet sequence uh just shows attention to detail it doesn't Mm -hmm. really change anything like story-wise i mean If it wasn't a ballet, Dawn would have got up and tried to run and they would have grabbed her. So they're not taking up more time than they need to. They're not adding Mm. anything crazy. They could have added a dream ballet somewhere. That would have been maybe too nuts. But this, they're like, okay, homage paid. Mm. I dig that they did that. But I Mm -hmm. also really appreciate that they didn't make it physically painful for me. (laughs)
4: Mm -hmm. i'll also add that like that could have been willow's song right like if willow had wanted to sing a song um and they could have cut out the ballet like that out of all of them Mm -hmm. like i I, but what you're saying makes sense it's like a respect thing yeah and again it's fun to watch it's like oh this is something new
3: how much of a factor is dancing in musical theater these days like if you want to pursue a career on on stage like that do you need to be able to sing and dance
2: well
0: you know what the show yeah
1: The show for sure and also the track. So like if you want to be in the ensemble or if you're auditioning for an ensemble part or yeah, an ensemble part, typically having dance is a very, very good asset. But you know what? It's it's a great question because I can't think of any roles right now that we have seen that are very dance heavy for like a lead.
0: Marsha Murphy and know. Beautiful Noise. But that's because it's Robin Herder. But it's like one or two numbers. They wrote her to be dancy, dancey, dancey. Mm. Um, I feel like dance-heavy musical theater isn't as common now, or like the as choreography styles have changed in the sense that it's not as performative high kicks mm-hmm. like it was in the olden days. Now it's kind of like, how can we use movement to move the story forward? Like Hadestown, Jagged Little Pill, great examples of right. how choreography looks in a modern Broadway show, but I also think when it comes down to it, like you, you want to be as hireable as possible, right? So I think you want to go ham and be able to dance, 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 so that whenever an audition comes out, it if if it is dance heavy, you're like, okay, I can go. You don't mm-hmm. want to be like, oh, but I can't dance that well, or this or that. Like, you want to be a triple threat. You, you exactly. <laughs> you do. You want you want to be easily employable. So. You know, I'm not saying you have to dance to be big in musical theater. You can be a horrible dancer and be a big musical theater star. But if it's what you want to do, you have to, like, I think you have to have a very solid foundation, at least to be hireable, right? Would, would you agree, Chrissy? Yeah, I think it's a great asset to have
2: mm-hmm.
1: all three uh, triple threat, singing, acting, dancing, take those classes. Even if it's like a beginner dance class, it's just good to know yeah. the basics of it,
4: just in mm-hmm. case. You never know. <laughs> also, yeah, like, and- just learning mm-hmm. how to, like, pick up choreography, right? Like, maybe, exactly. maybe you don't have 15 years of dance behind you, but, like, to mm-hmm. understand, yeah, your basic dance
0: You moves. can do
3: better than left shark.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, understanding how your body works and movement and all that is yeah. so important. Like, ballet. <laughs> I'm probably the worst ballet dancer ever. My ballet teacher told my mom, and this was in college, my ballet teacher went up to my mom and was like, ballet doesn't come easy to jocelyn but she tries really really hard she's not the heart
3: that was me with visual arts and grade nine.
0: <laughs> exactly right it's not like i'm not good at it but i loved it because i was very aware of what my body was doing so i think when you have that awareness it makes you better as a singer it makes you better as an actor because you're involved head to toe with what you're doing it's not Mm-hmm. sometimes acting and singing can be so mental I think um, being able to ground yourself physically and know how to hold your body and to trust that your body can like you know if you're doing like a big pratfall or something you know your body can catch you mm-hmm.
3: the performer of this next song can also dance as well as sing because we have Hint and Battle, Hell yeah. Uh performing as sweet in what you feel so Love this it. is the the big reveal of the villain mm-hmm. in the musical I, th- I think I know enough musicals to know that a villain song is a thing, at least in Disney. Uh, so tell us yeah. about this villain song. What's going on here?
0: I mean, I really like it because it really addresses the core of the issue, right? He's like, I know what you feel and I'm going to make you sing about it because that's the whole plot everybody's hiding something. Giles maybe wants to go back to England. You have Tara and Willow's relationship we talked about, Xander and Anya and their feelings about the wedding, Dawn feeling like nobody cares about her, which let's be honest, nobody does. And <laughs> Buffy, <laughs> sorry, I just... No, it's I true. have a lot of Dawn rage. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> and then you have Buffy who's come back from the dead and she's trying to be grateful because her friends obviously <laughs> brought her back to life, but... They thought she was in a hell dimension. and She was really like happy and at peace for the first time mm-hmm. in
3: her life. One of our listeners wrote in with a hot steak, basically saying how rude of her friends to return her gift like that.
0: Yeah, because that was the name of the episode, right? Where she sacrificed yep. herself—that was, was the gift.
3: Death is her gift. She gave her gift to everybody, and they were like, mm, "Thanks, what? but take it
0: back." Yeah. Hey. Did you put a gift receipt in here? <laughs> What's the return
4: policy? <laughs> Has it been thirty days?
3: They, they were past the thirty days. Yeah. They were
4: left with Dawn, and they were like, "Nah." They're like, a oh, shit." <laughs>
0: but again like he's calling them out he's like this is why i'm here this is what i'm doing and he also does like i'm not sure if i would call it like full tap dance it's very like soft shoe-esque it's he, very he literally
3: says i was going to ask you about this he says I-, I can bring whole cities to ruin and still have time to get a sh- soft shoe in yeah <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted you to just explain briefly like what does that mean
4: he's so suave this guy he's so good so like
0: <laughs> I don't know if you can explain this better, Chrissy, but like soft shoe is like tap, but like you're not in a tap shoe. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. Pretty much. Yeah, it's not as I like think sound the only based.
1: Anyway, yeah. I'm trying to mm-hmm. think if there's a better way to explain that, but
0: yeah. Tap, you're trying to like make the sounds with your feet, right? Soft shoe, you're not really worried about the sounds because you don't have like Taps the like tap heel.
4: You don't have to cool. tap. He didn't look silly at all in that number, so that's the difference oh, yeah. between.
0: I think that's how you spot. can tell, like a really, really, really good tap dancer is when mm. they look fierce as hell tap dancing.
4: Yeah, like he pulls it off. It's like just part of the way he moves, right? He just happens again, I was like tappies. It's like I'm attracted to a demon. Great,
0: good to know <laughs> that about myself. It's just Welcome if you can tap club. dance, really, like. <laughs>
3: Well also the voice, right? On the voice.
0: Like he's brilliant and I like him because, you know, sometimes the demons on Buffy, they're, you know, they're all slimy and gross (laughs) and not very nice. Like the
3: chaos demon with the antlers. (laughs) antlers, He's he's like 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 dripping dripping mucus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and he's just this suave singing dancing guy. I'm like,
4: yeah, I
0: like that. He knows that they- a
3: good tailor. Yes.
0: Yeah,
2: yes.
4: although he's got he's got the, like the '90s, early 2000s baggy tux look.
2: <laughs> yes,
4: yeah. remember in the in the wedding episode with Angel, we were like, Angel, get a get a suit that fits. You look great, <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus!
0: Imagine putting David Boreanaz in a suit that doesn't
4: fit him perfectly. Like, are you dumb? right it's like this body is for us to look at
3: (laughs) Steph would prefer the shirt to be a little bit tighter than it has to be
4: i prefer no shirt (laughs) no shirt actually or just like unbuttoned a little bit and and a little feral like i like a little feral just fresh back from hell angel yeah mess Um, up his
0: hair unbutton his shirt a little bit yeah we're getting off topic um okay okay. sorry
4: (laughs) What I like about this song is like the feel of it. It's so different from the rest of the Scoobies singing, which it should be because he is the villain. Mm-hmm. That suave, like jazzy kind of feel to the song. I-, I likened it to um the room where it happens in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Like it's yes. just got that like, it's like, it's like, it's just got a different mood. It's like a vibe. Well, the vibe is different. Yeah. You
3: know? he, he's the only character who sings who doesn't have a secret to share. Right. This is, mm-hmm. he's triumphant in this song he's not yeah. singing his heart out about something bad he's like no i am the one in control of this and i'm loving every he's moment he's like
4: of it. i have found my child bride and i'm gonna take her home at midnight that's <laughs> what he's saying he's
0: probably he's probably rehearsed this you know like <laughs> yeah. that's why he has the level of like mm-hmm. finesse like you know he's like okay so when my child bride gets here i need to have a musical number to perform yeah. for her um
3: so- I've got a theory. I shared this in the recap episode with Steph, uh, but I'll share it with the two of you. Mm-hmm. So my theory is that Sweet comes from a, a demon dimension where he is the only demon who likes singing and music, and there's no other <laughs> singing music in this dimension. And he's always like, "Come on, guys! Like, you know, this is my thing." And all of the other demons are bullying him and looking down on him and being like, "Come on, Sweet! Like, get get real! Like, why don't you take up a real torture career?" <laughs> Um, and then finally he gets summoned to earth. And of course he's talking big talk with us. He's like, you know, I got Nero his first fiddle, but like, this is really like his first time on earth. And he's just so excited that finally he gets to do it his way. Finally, someone summoned
0: me. I've been yes, have this for millennia. Yeah. He's the feeder kid demon. <laughs> I love that theory. He's the <laughs> Rachel Berry of demons, except Rachel Berry is the demon, but yeah.
4: Except Rachel Berry is, uh, no, I'm sorry. Rachel Berry forever. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) Um, but. What I will say is it's like Zac Efron from High School Musical who has to hide <laughs> the fact that he loves musical theater because he's a big bad basketball playing demon. But then but then when he gets a chance to do it, he like goes all in, you know. <laughs>
0: 100%. He's breaking free. <sighs> um, but I also think more Buffy villains should sing. I mean, Glory could do like a really big like Sharpe mm. Evans kind of number, but I'd be really curious to see like adam from season four doing
4: some sort of video killed the radio star crap like take my money you know he would be like he would just because he's such a robot right he'd be like zero 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 one that would be his song <laughs> uh, <laughs> The, master, the mayor would do show tunes. Oh, he would do like, um oh. I mean, un- unfortunately, but also amazingly, my favorite musical of all time is Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. It is Ooh, yeah. possibly the most misogynistic one out there. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the one that the mayor would
3: love. <laughs> yeah. so I good. want to love the master. He, he would do something gothic, right?
4: The master. Maybe he would go modern. He was actually more modern than he liked to let on. You know, he was. A Excuse dude.
3: me? He was in a layer full of so many <laughs>
0: camels.
4: Fine. He'd be Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera is what he would be. Phantom yes. of the
0: Opera. Or like yeah. he would be very Tanster Vampire. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Which is Dance of the Vampires. It's Jim Steinman and like Carpe Noctum. It's like rock-ish. It's good. You know what? If you like vampires, you should listen to it. It's good. <laughs> we like vampires. Okay,
3: we'll have to do a bonus episode and have you back.
2: Yeah, it's weird, but yes. it's good.
4: <laughs> okay, we need, to, we're, we're, we need to move on. <laughs> Standing with uh, our Daddy Giles is the next. Daddy. Love this song. Love him. This is great. Yeah, honestly, this is one of my favorite musical
0: theater style moments. Again, we have Anthony Stewart Head, who is like, he's a theater boy. He like, this is what he does and does very, very well um and this is a
3: perfect song right like perfect song perfect performance yeah
0: and it's a different kind of love song than we've already seen Mm -hmm. like it is a love song he's singing about how much he loves buffy and how he has to like let Mm. her go so she can be like the woman Mm. she's meant to be and blah 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 and
3: take notes willow it's,
0: (laughs) it's beautiful it's gorgeous and he does it so well like giles is so much like the emotional center of the show in so many ways, like he's dad to all those kids <laughs> and, uh, you know, realizing that they're grown up and that he has to like make different choices to live his own life, that he has to take this step back. It's it's really powerful. And I think it's another song like Under Your Spell that works outside the musical as well as within it, because mm. it sounds very modern as well.
4: Yeah, I could totally hear this song. Like if you took it and put it on the radio or you put it behind mm-hmm. a, the scene of a like a, another Episode right, and it just happens to be a pop song they play in the background or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would work really, really well. And something that I like that they did with Giles is, is that so far all the all the, the songs, everything has been big and loud and in your face. Here's our all our feelings. Giles is subtle, and his song like t- takes it down. It's it, it's in. No way less remarkable or Mm -hmm. visual or anything that we, like, you know, we're still drawn in. But it's a quieter moment, right? It's breaking our hearts in a quieter Mm. way. Yeah,
3: for sure. And unlike the other songs, like with I'll Never Tell, where Xander and Anya seem to be aware that they were singing and they heard each other's parts, this song finishes with Buffy saying, did you say something, right? So Buffy didn't hear this song. So it was actually more of like a soliloquy.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was going to say. It's it's That's exactly yeah. what it is. And it's a brilliant example of that. It's his moment and nobody else is hearing it. Yeah. yeah. And just, you know, you think of it compared to some of like the stage stuff that he's done. Like he, Like he's done like Rocky Horror. So you think about that and then you're like standing like they're so very, very different. And it's just, he's just super, super talented and lovely <laughs> to look at. So good for him. <laughs>
4: If he was younger, he could have played the lead in like once. Like I, I don't I forget the name of that character that is the main guy. I think in that he's one. literally yeah. just called boy. Guy, I think they called boy guys, or guy guy and girl. Guy and girl. Something like that. That's what I think. I'm like, yeah. why can not I remember the name? There wasn't Cuz no they name. don't have them. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh but like that's just the kind of voice he has for me. Like it's just it works in mm-hmm. so many different ways and he's so talented. Oh my god. And I love that they have
0: mm-hmm. him sing like throughout the series. Like they have little moments where they're like is anybody else a little yeah, the attracted moment to in Giles right four.
3: now in season four? <laughs> yeah. So good. I love it.
2: Yeah. Um, where
4: um, Willow and Tara question whether they're still gay. And <laughs> they're like, yeah, oh they're my like, God. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, this bleeds into the reprise. Reprise. Like, well, I guess so maybe it's good. an extension of his song. But then Tara joins in. It's
3: the most emotional moment for me in the episode. Mm-hmm. Because
2: Same. I, as I said in
3: the recap, uh, Tony Head and Amber Benson are the two best voices in this cast. Mm-hmm. So for them to come together and for the the content of what they were singing to parallel, mm-hmm. like they're both singing about how they yeah. realize they need to leave, right? And the people they're leaving don't quite know it yet. So mm-hmm. like it, it's, again, it's this masterful uh, dovetailing of character arcs and plot and then turning it into song and their voices together are just so precious.
0: Yeah, and it's like Again, this is one of my favorite moments in the episode because this is musical theater, like so musical theater. It's almost painful yeah. because that's what they do. You take, again, you take that love song and you put like a sad twist on it. Mm-hmm. And then Giles, again, has had like, he's still having this realization, but because their stories align, combining their songs makes sense. And having that moment in the magic shop. And again, Giles and Tara are very withdrawn as characters. Tara, because she's just more on like the shy quiet side, Giles, he's the grown-up. He's the father figure. He can't express and share his, you know, his fears and his concerns and this sort of thing, because that's not his role in their relationship. So mm-hmm. you have these two people who don't usually speak this way, having this moment through song. And that again is What's so powerful about it? And just their voices together. I
4: was like, oh my God, why have they not been singing together the entire show? (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, and then of course that leads us into Walk Through the Fire, the big like everybody's in on this song except for dawn (laughs) um (laughs) but i think this is Kara's favorite song right am i wrong it
3: is because i'm a basic bitch so (laughs) i like the the hero walk that the scooby do without buffy i like buffy's Mm, you know sad lonely walk love the coat that she's wearing um i just and and because you know i part part of what i do is i teach english and poetry is not my favorite thing, but I, I like good poetry when I see it. And I love all of the different devices in the lyrics of the song. And in the recap, I talked about, you know, the use of paradox and oxymoron mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. lines like, these endless days are finally ending in a blaze. And uh, the pathetic fallacy, it oh, seems like the fire trucks. And it's just like, you know that to me hits so hard like this song is so powerful in what it does in terms of mm-hmm. leading into the climax of the episode
0: mm-hmm. yeah like it's not the 11 o'clock number but it's like the 10 55 number <laughs> <laughs> um, it kind of is like leading us up to the like big turning moment i also i kind of like to combine walk through the fire and something to sing about like in my head they're like part mm-hmm. of the same journey
3: yeah so steph calls right. something to sing about the 11 o'clock number so once again steph Wow, that's good job w- with the musical terminology.
4: Yay! <laughs> Yay! Well, thank you. <laughs> Yay!
0: Um, but again, it brings us all together. So it brings everything together. They're like, okay, you know what? We all have our shit that we're dealing with, but we got to go slay the demon. <laughs> so again, that's another like plot point in every Buffy episode. You can tick off the moment when they're like, okay, personal stuff, bye-bye, demon slaying, let's go. Mm-hmm. And... Again, the fire trucks driving in the background of when, yeah. <laughs> when you're seeing through the fire is probably one of my favorite like visual things about the musical episodes. So I'm very very glad that you brought it up. But it just it ramps everything up and it's so powerful. And I think my my favorite part though it's got to be Spike at the very beginning where he's like I'm free if that bitch dies. I better help her out.
3: So I was going to ask Chrissy, what do you think of Spike in this song? He's fucked up, but he's still. Hot.
0: <laughs> what can I Your face say? You so red every time you talk about Spike. <laughs>
4: it's true someone um true. someone on tiktok in my comments one one time called him um yeah he's a trash baby but he's my trash baby my trash yes baby. yes no i vibe <laughs> with that for
2: sure <laughs> he gives
0: like i can fix him vibes You'd,
1: yeah well, yeah which exactly. is like my relationships <laughs> away.
4: <laughs> so it's which is my catnip <laughs> yeah, uh... that is my catnip <laughs> christy can fix him if anyone's gonna fix this guy it's-
3: <laughs> well, we're going get- we're getting to get to our toxic traits here i think
2: um... you know yeah
0: i'm gonna <laughs> buy christy some garlic you know <laughs>
3: <laughs> please correct me if i'm not re- quite explaining this correctly but i feel like something that's interesting about the song is you have the different characters passing the melody back and forth so like it starts with buffy and then Mm -hmm. you get spike and then you get like giles comes in and is carrying the song for a moment and so before you you have like tara butting in over buffy and stuff But like for the first part of the song at least they're passing the the melody the main part of the song through these different parts and you hear the Mm -hmm. different voices before they come together i don't know again i'm not i feel like i'm explaining something that maybe has a name or convention but i don't know enough to talk about it
0: i don't if it has a name
1: i don't think it has a name i just call it like the one day more effect mm. you know what i mean What's like Lay is mm. where it's like yes all these moments coming together all these voices all these sections of different emotions oh. they're all feeling and it's okay i know what you're talking to you about
3: because mm-hmm. i've never yeah. seen yeah i've never seen lame is but I've seen the episode of The Magicians that is a musical episode, and one okay. of the numbers in it is Les Mis, and there's a montage <laughs> where all the different characters across all these different scenes are singing one day more. And yes. that, yeah, that's the vibe. Yeah. I that's get it. The, vibe. Vibe.
2: That got it. the vibe. That yeah. is the vibe.
0: And again, it comes to that central point in the episode where they're like, okay, personal stuff. Bye bye. Demons. Fight them. Yeah. You know, and Buffy goes first because she's the slayer. She's feeling alone. Spike is like, I hate her, but I'd like to be in her pants. So I'm going to go make sure she doesn't die. And then Giles is like, you know what? Screw trying to be a responsible dad. I don't want her to die. And I don't want we, Dawn to go to hell. You know? roasted
3: Giles so hard for how quickly he crumbled in his resolve. <laughs>
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. He
0: does. Like, at
3: least Spike is consistent, right? Like, at least Spike knows what he is.
4: Let's be honest. If Giles and Spike switched parts in this song, it wouldn't make much of a difference for their <laughs> characters. Like, Giles no! also could have been like, you know, I'm free if she dies. Oh, I better go help her though. Like, you're the one that said you're out there alone, Giles.
0: <laughs> yeah, like so oh, true. Got up and then Xander's still like, dudes. <laughs> like, why didn't you listen to me? We should have gone to help Buffy. And I'm like, you know what? The one time you should have listened to Xander.
4: <laughs> even the even time. then, we don't listen to Xander. <laughs> We don't.
3: Never listen to Xander.
0: I like that as like the series goes on, like they listen to Xander less and less because like they've realized that like they don't need to. Well, yeah. Towards it's the gross. end of season six, though, I'm like, you know what? We should have listened to Xander maybe first.
3: No, I have, no, I have thoughts. About, you just you just wait, Jaws. I have thoughts about that. Wait until we get to the end of season six. I have a hot. Ooh. Spring.
0: Okay. I'll I'll wait for the episode to come up. I'm excited.
3: <laughs> um. So that brings us to. Something to sing about
4: your eleven o'clock number. Yeah, and explain what that is <laughs> to our people who might not know it.
0: Do you want to take it, Chrissy? Do you want to <sighs>
2: think about,
3: about Spike? You know
0: what? Yeah, I'm <laughs> still thinking about Spike. No, you know
2: what oh, it right? is?
1: Is that I use the eleven o'clock number just to describe the eleven o'clock. <laughs> 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 so Hold I on. don't know how. <laughs> 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 it's kind of like when everything gets to that climax comes together all yeah like it all comes together everything's reached this point and it's kind of like make or break this is your one shot to like give it all Mm -hmm. i would say that so something i
3: noticed about this song is that the style of the music changes like the genre of the song right it starts off as like i don't know if you describe it as like poppy or whatever but then it becomes more of like a rock song and then Spike comes in again and it becomes like sadder and slower. What's going on with that?
0: I mean, it kind of mm-hmm. comes with, I think, Buffy makes this big reveal. It's building to that. So she comes in and it's very performative because that's what she does as a slayer. She performs. She comes in, she cracks mm-hmm. a joke, she kills the bad guy. That's what she does. It's her job. It's her mask, right? She plays her part. That's how she's feeling. And then she goes into this big dance break because she's trying to like, I mean, I interpreted the I interpret the dance break Mm. as her trying not to say what she has to say, you know, like she's made her big reveal and then she's Mm -hmm. like, so overcome with the emotions of actually like saying it out loud. There was no
3: pain, no fear, no doubt. So they pulled me out of heaven.
0: And that is beautiful because, oh, it's discordant. And like what they did musically with it, like, it's beautiful they pulled me out of heaven Mm. i think it wasn't her like it goes from like like the key shifts and then they're using these like crunchy chords to really like portray what she's feeling emotionally and oh smart and
3: then when spike comes in and he keeps repeating living over and over and like the how flat the end of that line is
0: yeah yeah because life's flat (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But he comes in and he again changes the dynamic of of, of the song um, because the song is following what they're feeling, right? That's the point. The point is, to, you know, she's performing. Her secret's revealed. She's, ah, my secret's revealed. I want to dance until I explode. And
4: then, not nah, girl.
3: Spike finally gets his wish of saving her. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, do you think that while she's singing, especially like during the dance part where she's like, where the joy, there's hope, whatever, it's almost like her the, the lyrics are coming on top of each other like it's very janky sounding to me you know it doesn't flow from like one verse to the next it's it's like it cuts off almost the, to the next one yeah is that uh, maybe it's only me that found that but
0: it's staccato yeah i think it's strategic in the sense that you know where there's life there's hope every day's a gift wishes can come true mm-hmm. like she's these are the things that like people are saying to her what she thinks she feels like she has to Mm. believe because, you know, she was really happy being dead. So now she's like, Oh, like life's a gift. I have to enjoy being alive and blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, work so hard to be like other Mm. girls and fit in, which is like Buffy's Buffy's whole thing is like, how do I fit in when I am so different? And so she goes from like what she thinks she has to feel and what she thinks she has but to is, say. Is
3: every day a gift when your basement is flooded? No, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like you know what it, like what she's supposed to do versus how she really feels so you have the staccato of like again it's like going through the motions she's going through the motions of saying these words that she doesn't really believe
4: and that's probably why they're falling on top of each other right it's just like here's my line here's my line here's my line and then when she gets to her reveal that she was in Mm -hmm. heaven it slows down and it's it's off key and it's heartbreaking and i remember um sarah michelle geller did an interview and she said she really didn't want to sing um, and she was considering getting a voiceover Mm. or someone to do it for her. But then when she read the script, she was like, no, like I have to say this. This is Buffy's moment. Like it has to be me. And it's, it's, we're so lucky that it was her um, because yeah, it's just when that heaven, like, so it's, Mm -hmm. it's so like, I'm not a singer, but it's so, yeah, it it just really, really encompasses what we know she's feeling, which is utter despair right
0: absolutely yeah and you know like god bless sarah michelle geller for doing it because it's terrifying and singing is hard like it's not easy and she's not a singer god lover but she does such a good job of like the acting piece i can forget about her singing you know what Mm -hmm. i mean i can like like it's not bad but it's not like great but it's her singing is better because of her acting not the other way
4: around Do you agree with me when I assessed that, like after she says that, and then she's like, I'm going to die now. And she just starts (laughs) dancing. And I called it hairography because her hair is whipping, whipping, whipping. We said that last night.
1: (laughs) During our rewatch, we definitely said that. We were like, oh my gosh, the hairography. It's great. Yeah.
0: It's great. But then I also wondered if maybe it was one of her like doubles because that's what they do in the fight scenes, right? when they have, mm. like, a stunt double in. If you've noticed, like, her hair is always in her face when she's fighting. So I'm like, did she have a dance double?
4: For that? Well, she does, like, a kick, at one, like a roundhouse kick or something. At mm, one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a double because it's like, we Sarah, you you can't thrash around that much. <laughs> we need you in shape.
2: So. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what, what,
3: yeah, what if she pulls a muscle? She'll yeah, be out exactly. the whole week. <laughs> <laughs> so what I think oh. is interesting is, is Joss Whedon kind of pulls a fast one on us here because the the musical ends with a happy ending. There's a kiss at the Mm -hmm. end. The music swells. We'll get there. But when you hear the song, where the musical actually leaves us is Buffy and everybody else just spilled secrets they didn't want to spill. So the the musical part of the episode ends on a happy note. But the episode itself, can you really call it a victory? I don't know.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of like the bittersweet, like, oh, shit, now what? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> as, not to be too direct, but that's that's what the song is. It's like now like yeah. now what? Yeah, the, what else would you what call it? What do we it, do with right? this information? It's
4: Perfectly called yeah, yeah. um where do we go from here has always been my favorite song in the episode. I do love mm-hmm. a good ending track. I love that everybody has a moment on it. I love when Spike Fucks off. He's like, fuck <laughs> <out of> this. <laughs> he's like, fuck this. I'm gone.
3: And, um, and sorry just before we get to where do we go from here, we just have that mm-hmm. quick reprise from Sweet as he's leaving, oh, right? Yeah, they've defeated yeah. him. Mm. Uh, they've convinced him not to take Xander because no homo. Um, and
0: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> most relatable demon on Buffy because he saw that Xander was supposed to be his bride and he was Whoa. like yeah no
3: that, I love that's that. a good point he, he is the only demon not into Xander so
4: <laughs> yeah, he's the only demon it's also it, it it also gives him an out to be like he's not homophobic it's that it's Xander if he had offered Giles yeah. he'd been like off yeah, we go <laughs> right let's go
3: <laughs> yeah. he heard Xander sing and he's like
2: yeah. Mm, no, oh, no. One thing I can do with that. He's
0: like, mm, I saw your dancing. That's an ensemble. I saw your character. arms in that dance sequence. <laughs> it's a no
4: I,
3: Are those the best pajamas you could imagine?
4: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. No, I love this reprise because he says the title of the episode. Everyone loves when you drop a title in there, right? Yes. He says, that's my more favorite thing. Eden. And mm-hmm. he disappears in a little puff of smoke in a bright light. Who doesn't like to watch that? And I just think that he is so cool because he's like you beat the bad guy woo but he's (laughs) like it wasn't about me it was about you all getting embarrassed by what you talked about
2: (laughs) and now i'm going back to
4: but
0: did you (laughs) and it just it hits because it's like a that's life you know like nothing is ever truly resolved in this life right Like, to have a big, like, happy ending that isn't some level of bittersweet or what next is never, like, super-duper realistic. I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit. But, like, sometimes you never truly conquer your demons, whether they are literal singing and dancing demons or if they're, like, your internal demons. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: I love that line. Like, you were talking about – the they say once more with feeling. But what he says before, he says – say you're happy now once more with feeling mm. say it again because i don't believe you when you say you're happy mm. and that works for buffy that works for tara works for giles works for willow and it just ooh, it's like say you're happy now
4: once more with feeling what a villain
0: just
3: twisting that knife
4: yeah that's
2: Super my happy. favorite he's
4: twisting it in that is my favorite line in the entire musical i just think it's mm-hmm. brilliant mm-hmm. and of course it would be delivered by him right before he pieces out he's <laughs> he gets the final word it's the it's the knife twist and then he's gone and we never see him again and that's a shame because he's a great villain
0: he's fantastic he did in one episode what adam tried to do over like multiple which was like reveal the secrets
4: and turn everybody against each
3: was the best villain of season four
4: (laughs) sweet yeah retroactive he makes fun of adam in hell yes yes yeah
3: <laughs> so that brings us to where do we go from here um Steph you have a favorite line in this favorite song of yours that you had highlighted in your notes it's two words
4: is it <laughs> ha, ha, tell me no it's not, that's that's I'm in, I'm in uh... yes that's
3: it <laughs> okay yeah. when Giles says tell me and uh your notes yeah. here said fuck yes <laughs> 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 fuck yes
4: because he just looks <laughs> it looks off, off camera He's like, tell me. And I'm just like, mm, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you whatever tell you want to hear. Whisper to me. Um, just beautiful. Just Giles beautiful. is
3: singing directly to Steph and nobody else. Yeah, like yeah. the
4: spotlight's on me and him.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I also have a favorite Giles line in this song. It's like, you know, the battle's not done, but we can't have one, so we sound a victory dream. I'm like, ugh
4: where do Style. we go god the song's so good and then, like that's a funny line yeah. too because he's he's like we we kind of won <laughs> but, like, and he, but we like, didn't. sweet said the same thing right he's like you beat me but like no one feels like they won anything you know <laughs> no <laughs> but again that's life that that's that's life that's what all people say Ooh, they also have a little cute choreography. Uh, uh, we have cute cho- choreography <laughs> yeah. in this little scene. Um, the, one, the very one that Spike's like, nah, I'm not going to do this. But like, <laughs> yeah, they all, they like, understand we'll go hand in hand, but, we'll walk in in hand, 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 but we walk oh. alone in fear. Love that. Tell me. Okay. Um, and then I, I don't know. We know we didn't mention this here. I mentioned it last time that um, Adam Shankman was the choreographer for mm, this. Okay. And, of course, we know him from Hairspray and Step Up and he's so you think he can dance judge. But um, the kind of choreography that he did for these types of s- scenes, I think is really smart because most of the cast are not dancers, as we said before. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not trained in musical theater, I'm sure. So doing something like this, which is um, – probably very easy for everyone to pick up right and they probably didn't need a lot of rehearsal yeah. for this they are probably running out of right. time by the end of their prep week or two weeks or whatever they have yeah <laughs> so i just think it, this is a good use of choreography that works but it's simple
0: yeah yeah it's really organic because if you know buffy was suddenly doing triple pirouettes we'd be like girl what the
4: fuck like, yeah. you know what i mean bring the hair it, back
0: it keeps it so realistic to who these characters are as well like spike's not gonna do high kicks although <laughs> i might change my mind about him if he was doing high kicks. In, in Chrissy's <laughs> mind he is
3: <laughs> that's yeah.
1: all he's been doing
3: <laughs> well so speak, speaking of spike spike leaves and he buffy joins him outside the magic box and we get the coda which Buffy reprises I touch the fire and it freezes me. I
4: died Ooh.
1: so many years <laughs> ago. Yeah. And
3: that Spike. And then they kiss. Percy, <gasps> they kiss. It's their first legit on-screen kiss in the, in the it's series. It's a really
1: yeah. good kiss. It is, it's a, good a, kiss. Really it good is a good kiss. really, really good kiss. Yeah. yeah.
4: What I'll say that's about fine. it... <laughs> Go ahead. What I'll say about it is that I think that... Sarah Michelle Geller either is standing on a box or James Marsters really is that short because they, they're like pretty same height. You know what I mean? And we know Sarah Michelle Geller is a teeny tiny person. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking when they kissed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what magic yeah. is Have this?
3: Have either of you ever had to do stage kisses?
0: Yeah. I had to kiss my best friend in a play and Ooh. he, He was like my best guy friend and we lived together at the time it was in college. And uh, we never rehearsed it. We were in rehearsals and we'd always just kind of like skip over it. We'd be like, Oh, like we'll practice it later. We're in the wings. We're about to go on for like our big romantic scene. I was like, Oh my God, James, we've never kissed. And he was like, it's fine. And I, so so we get on, we're doing the scene and my character has to just like plant one on him. And so I was like, Oh no. And let me tell you, it's, it's like, it wasn't weird because we knew each other so well. I was just kind of mm. like, all right, we've kissed. But now are you like
4: married? <laughs> What's the rest of the love story no. here?
0: <laughs> there is no love story. You were pulling me three times in a scene. Mm. We kissed three times what? and then we were like, let's, never speak of this
3: staff (laughs) we've talked about this you need to stop shipping real people
4: i'm sorry i'm sorry you can't tell me you can't tell me like a an origin story of a kiss like that and not have me assume more happened after that (laughs) because you live together yeah where's the ring like speaking of ao3 accounts like that's like mine is just full of stuff like that (laughs) all this to say James masters looked the same height as Buffy, if not a little bit taller. And I was like, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Maybe he crouched down
0: so she could reach. Maybe. <laughs> like, that would have been considerate for him to do if she's short. Maybe he's
3: standing in another coffin hole.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's kneeling. <laughs> he's on his knees, of course.
4: Um, he's on his knees,
0: actually. So, Steph,
3: how would you rate this kiss versus uh, Bangel?
4: Wait, how, like, oh. if I were to compare them? Like, *Bangles*. Yeah. like, their first kiss was a 10 and a 10, like, 20 and a 10. It was hot. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I talked about it for seven minutes, I'm pretty sure, when we covered that episode. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> this one, I was just like, I liked it for the, the end of the musical, right? Where you got to close mm-hmm. on the kiss, right? And this is a yeah. really big moment for Buffy's character and what she's going through at the time. I don't care about what Spike's thinking, so... Overall, I do think this is a really great way to end this musical episode because it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, of course, you're going to build up to something like this. Right. But mm-hmm. yeah, in terms of like their first kiss, like, it, sh- sure, it's it, it's fine. It's fine. It's not the fireworks that I've seen in the past mm-hmm. on the show. That's just me, though. Chrissy would say otherwise.
1: You know what, though? I am more of an angel and Buffy person, but Spike for me. Yeah. Uh- <laughs>
3: I love that. Stop. That's actually the perfect.
1: You know, you're all
3: right, Chrissy. You're Chrissy, all right. you
1: are healthy. <laughs> you <laughs> redeemed <laughs> yourself, so much, friends. Thank you. Um, that being said, I would say, like, the kiss is like I found it a bit like messy. Like it was a weird. Thank you. I don't know. I kept staring at like his mouth, and I was like, "What is?" There's a
4: lot of movement. There's a lot of movement. Yeah, yeah. It's really like up and down. <laughs> okay yeah it was an odd like, kiss I, like a very messy kiss but not in a sexy way i didn't want to yuck anyone's yum and i also have yeah. never kissed on camera who what the fuck do i know mm-hmm. but i've seen better it's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah
3: did not expect us to break down the mechanics of this kiss as much as we are but all right i'm learning a lot <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's all that could go through my mind watching was like the mechanics of this kiss because mm-hmm. it was like a really
4: Oddly like Messi was a good way to describe
3: it. How many takes do you think that was?
4: Probably one. <laughs> I don't I, don't, don't I honestly think Sarah. I feel like it was one. My my opinion, just based on my observations, is that Sarah Michelle Geller very much enjoyed making out with David Boreanis, and <laughs> she doesn't like making out with James Marsters. And there that's mm. where how you can see the difference in that. You can <laughs> tell.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can tell. I just I don't mind ending a musical theater episode on a kiss. Doesn't matter who it is. Like, it's good. But it wasn't a musical theater kiss. Like, musical theater mm. kisses are not... <laughs> like, sorry, guys. Like, <laughs> that's, what, like, that's what it looked like. like. <laughs> maybe cut that. But the-
3: <laughs> no. Oh, Steph will not cut oh. that. We in. can't hey.
0: put that up there for free. Come on. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was, it's, it wasn't like the sweet, like, magical musical theater, like, like a little heel popping kiss, you know, yeah. like,
2: it yeah. wasn't you know a musical
4: theater kiss. It was like, <laughs> because yeah. it's not supposed to be a romantic kiss. It's supposed no. to be what the fuck are you doing, Buffy? <laughs> Buffy wanted yeah. to die. And now she's like, well, I tried drinking. I tried pretending that everything Bleh. was okay. I, I tried all these things and now I'm going to try Spike. And that's what it is. You know? <laughs> Do you know how low you have to be to try Spike? Like- <laughs> that's what I mean. So like when people are like, oh, this is like their first kiss. I was like, it's not romantic, people. She hates herself. It's,
3: is it self-harm? Is that what you're saying?
4: Yes. I am liking it to so self-harm. Yeah, hard. pretty much. <laughs> It's self-sarmed. <laughs> she, um, it. she says it in her song. She says, This isn't real, but I just want to feel. So she mashes her face up against this man, trying to feel something, both physically and yes. internally. And maybe it works. I guess we'll find out next episode.
3: Spike is, is her rebound after getting out of her long-term relationship with death.
4: Mm, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And he's like, You know what? I'll take it. Yeah, of course. That's what he's an opportunist. Of course, he's going to take it. Um, I will say though, them coming together is—it's a nice buildup. It is right. The mm. kid, the kiss is yeah. what it is, but um, the buildup to it with their duetting is really nice. Yeah,
0: with the song, it's—it's it's very much like um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with "She Loves Me." It's one of my favorite musicals. It's like a golden age thing, but at the very end, they've had like their big. R- their big like song or whatever the ending for she loves me is actually very quiet because it's about two people who are like anonymous pen pals and who have fallen in love but in mm-hmm. real life they're coworkers who hate each other oh, and through this, this through awesome. this thing through this thing it becomes enemies to lovers <gasps> but they still love the person in the letters
2: Don't right it.
0: and it's it's beautiful. It's on Broadway HD still and like you like pay the 10 bucks. It's worth it. It's gorgeous. Anyway, so at the end they're locking up and so she has invited this boy who's her coworker who she now thinks she has feelings for home to Christmas dinner with her and her mother and her romantic pen pal to introduce the two of them. But she she suspects. She's starting to suspect, but he already knows. He he learned first. Mm. So anyway, they're building and all of a sudden he starts like singing her like love song back to her. So he's like, he starts like singing the words in her letter to her and that's his reveal. And she turns and she keeps singing the song. She's like, Oh, Josh, I was so anxious. I had to tell you. And then they sing like overlapping each other and they sing like to the tune of her, one of her letters. And then they have this big kiss and it's fanfare and It's one of my favorite like top 10 musical theater kisses. (gasps) So this is what this build is like with her singing her song, him singing his song. And then the kiss, like the kiss is lackluster, but the build is great. Mm. It's very theater.
4: I need to invest in this musical immediately. (laughs) It's got all the tropes I love, including he fell first (laughs) and I just need it all. (laughs) And then we have, we have at the end of that though, remember everyone goes, where do we go
2: from oh, here?
4: And then the big, the big music, and then the curtains close on a mm-hmm. kiss. God knows, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> it's
0: brilliant. Any...
4: Let's let's watch it again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Any other thoughts from either of you about the Buffy musical episode that you would like to put out there?
1: It needs to be a stage adaptation.
3: So I I I'm so, I thought I put that question in here, but I was going to ask the two of you like if you were to adapt this for stage right like yeah. is there anything that would have to change because it's on stage like what would this be like as a stage musical
0: i think hmm. it would be have to be more like an off-broadway sort of like yeah in concert almost sort of thing just because yeah. like it it's not going to attract people who don't know the series and certain things will not make sense because it's they're they've have five years of tv before this
3: right yeah everyone's always like show them the musical episode when you want to get somebody into buffy and i'm like don't show them the musical episode it's not (laughs) gonna hit for them yet Mm -hmm.
0: yeah they're not gonna appreciate it they're gonna be turned off by that kiss
4: (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna be like this is buffy's taste in men tragic (laughs) trash baby um <laughs> i i would almost rather see like if they were to ever do a buffy musical it could work but they couldn't do this particular episode they'd have to do season one right they'd have to go all yes. the way up to prophecy girl i think
3: ooh, yeah mm-hmm. ooh, adapt the whole series yeah. to stage
4: yeah mm, that would be yeah it. you'd have
1: to you so do like
3: seven seasons over seven nights
0: <laughs> oh i watched that yes I'm You'd in. have to, like, cut the monster of the week plots and focus on, like, the season plot,
4: I think, yeah. to, like, okay. make it work. Like, But what's so funny about that is that <laughs> we're always pointing out that the vampires in the background are always Asian. Like, there's no Asian characters in this show, but there are background characters that are Asian that are vampires. And that is what the play would be. All the ensemble is Asian.
2: <laughs> uh, that's a- um.
4: funny. <laughs> anyway yeah sorry (laughs) the untold story of the asian vampires of sunnydale (laughs) the asian population of sunnydale justice yeah
3: well chrissy joss thank you so much for joining us uh we really appreciate you you taking the time to share your insights
0: thank you both so much for having us this has been so much fun. Like this is the, I told Chrissy, I was like, this is the best day of my life. I get to talk about the Buffy musical. Oh, well, last night, she was like, I cannot wait for
1: tomorrow. This is going to be the best day of my
3: life. We were excited, too. Um, <laughs> so your podcast is Breaking the Curtain, available wherever podcasts are found, breakingthecurtain.com. Uh, for anybody who's listening to this on your feed, we are Prophecy Girls. I'm Kara. I'm Steph. Uh, prophecygirls.ca. And again, we are anywhere podcasts are found if you want to listen to a buffy rewatch podcast you can go back and listen from the beginning or you can join us here in season six um chrissy joss do either of you have anything else that you'd like to plug
1: no actually no (laughs) nothing else although i would love to say a little shout out to my dear friend noel who was actually on buffy and she is very big into musical theater um, so hi, Noelle, if you are listening. I will make sure that she <laughs> takes
0: a check out of this uh, this hi, episode in the podcast. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I froze for a little bit. So I think Chrissy has plugged all of the important things to plug. But I'd like to thank my mom and dad because they got me into Buffy. So good for them.
3: <laughs> Aw, thanks, Jazz's mom and dad.
4: Aw. Well, we thank you so much. This was such a good time. We... Will end not on a kiss, but the curtain will close on this episode now.
3: <laughs> all right, and thank you to all of our supporters on Buy Me a Coffee, especially our chosen ones Lizzie, Holly, Kayla, Jordan, Julian, Nicola, Luis, Joshua, Reese, and Susanna.
4: Emma, Kyle, Destiny, Erica, Allison, Jace, Haley tasha ricky and amy thanks again uh ladies and thanks everyone for listening we will see you later this week for our next recap episode bye bye